Hello and welcome to another episode of Turn Over the Tape. My name is Keegan and I am joined by no one today. Um, Matt is not here with me today, so it is just a it is just me running through the game on the weekend. Um, to give you a bit of a backstory on how it all went down. Matt and I did record a podcast on Monday following the game. We had a, got a good 40 minutes out, and then we got to the end, and just to finish up our, because we have a bit of a chat after the after the end of the podcast, and we got to the end, and we were like, all right, see you later. I went to turn off the recording, and we hadn't actually recorded anything, which is absolutely heartbreaking. To be fair, I thought I would do this earlier than I have, so we're at, what, episode 25? I'm surprised it's taken me this long to make this uh, make this one mistake. And Matt and I are also very busy people, so we didn't actually have a chance to re-record. So I'm giving you a bit of a quick express version of the podcast this week, talking you through the Suns' win over Carlton, win number seven for the season. The Suns won 11-10-76 uh, to 8-9-57. And overall, it was a, it was a great win. Um as with most games between Carlton and the Suns, very scrappy affair, very um, not very a lot of flowing football. But and Matt made this point on Monday, and I do agree with him that while it was a scrappy affair and Carlton did take the lead early, um, we I always felt the Suns were probably in more control than Carlton at bigger points of the contest. So. While we did go behind by 10 or 15 points during the game, it never felt like the Suns were being overwhelmed and that Carlton were going to put four or five on us. Um, we made it a bit of an it became a bit of an arm wrestle, and that work definitely worked in our favour, and we got the win. Um, I'd like to also reflect that this is potentially the second time that we have got a Carlton coach sacked, which is get oddly comforting, oddly enjoyable. Um, we got rat and sacked in twenty. I think it was twenty twelve that we got rat and sacked, um, and now in um, now in twenty twenty one, Teague is hanging on by a thread. Will he be sacked by the end of the week? Who knows? But yeah, I think it's been a pretty good week all up. So looking at the game itself, um, Took just keeps on being Took. Another thirty four touches, two goals. Can't abs- absolutely can't stop him. Uh, other players that sort of really hit the ground running were players like uh, Jacob Townsend, who came in for his first game of the year and sort of had a very good game. Uh, it was like 10, 15 touches, two goals, and um, did a bit of chop out in the rock. So probably all you can really ask from him. Um, kicked a couple of really crucial goal at the end there with the holding the ball on Weedering and then putting it through the big sticks. So... We're pretty happy with the way Townsend went, and I think with that performance by itself, he'd probably get to go a game for the next two games to finish out the year. He's got his um, old team this weekend against Essendon, so hopefully he can get up and around for that, and then hopefully um, another couple of wins coming our way. I also just like to add right at the end as well that I um, I was very I was very um, very happy that he spoke at the end of the game. It's clearly um, he's clearly got a speech impediment. Um, but that's but that's perfectly fine. The fact that he got out there and had a crack in an interview, and it's probably not something that he's most comfortable with. I don't know the guy, so he maybe he loves he loves speaking. But from just from afar, I just like really sort of congratulate him on having a having a real go um, and making and speaking publicly when maybe that's not something that he's totally comfortable with. Um, other sort of points to hit on in the game. 
Ellis's injury is a worry. It sort of makes you think that were the medical staff on point? Were they doing the right thing, or did they rush Ellis back? Um, and I would like to sort of—I'd say that the medical staff have had a pretty good year. Like we—we have had a fair few injuries, but a lot of them have been knees and ankles and concussions where that's not really in the medical staff's control. They can't prepare players for those. They're, comp- they're either impact injuries in the case of knees and ankles or concussions are head knocks, which you can't really uh, legislate for. But sort of towards the end of the year, we have seen a couple of players. Uh, Weller def- uh, did a hammy earlier on. Uh, Ellis did his. Markov did his. So there's been a few hamstrings just as we get to the end of the season. Whether that means that the players have been sort of overworked and they're starting to hit their limit or um, we've been very lucky to this point in the year, and it's sort of starting to fray at the seams a little bit. Luckily, we've only got two games left, so it's not a big deal, but just something to reflect on maybe for next year for the medical staff of how to condition players better for the end of the year, maybe not loading them up or doing too much work that they might be a bit gassed and more likely to do hamstrings or calves or whatever soft tissue injury there is out there. Um... Another point was uh, Fiorini had a really good game. Now, you probably, if you listened to the podcast last week or you listened to previous podcasts, I go back and forth on Fiorini. I still think that if we get a good enough offer for Fiorini, I would trade him, but he's definitely given me something to think about, especially over the past couple of games, especially this game as well. He topped the tackle count with 10, and that's not something I've seen Fiorini do a lot, is a lot of tackling. Um, but he get he's getting... 20-plus touches, uh, laying a lot of tackles, and he actually ended up kicking a goal this week as well. So if you can contribute more outside of just touches, possessions, with tackles and goals and all that sort of stuff, then I think that there's definitely a role for him in the team, and I reckon there's a place for him on the list. Now, that's not to say that if someone does come in and pays a good... um, gives a good... uh, offers a good trade-up for him, then potentially you still you definitely look at that. And I think you look at that with most players on the list. I don't think there's too many on the list that are untouchable. But with him, um, who knows Who knows what's happening behind the four walls. Maybe he's being told that he got, hasn't got a place next year and he's using this time to perform well to sort of get suitors looking at him, which, which who knows. But I feel like he's definitely done himself no harm in the past couple of weeks, and I feel like he's definitely become... An important part of the team heading into the end of 2021 and into 2022. Yeah, so it's been a sort of the end of the season's been a bit interesting. We've had some very poor performances straight out of the bye. Then we had some couple of good wins. Then we had two really bad losses to Brisbane and Melbourne. Then we've had a good win against Carlton. We've got two rounds left. We've got Essendon and we've got Sydney. So the question will be. Can we finish on those eight wins? Now, it's like at the start of the season, I would have definitely, I definitely said eight wins is a pass. And I am not probably changing my mind on that. Matt did raise a good point on Monday when we did the, when we did the fake recording, if you will, that um, he's more interested in performances in general as opposed to straight flat wins. And I can understand that thinking for sure. I want to see us play good football. But I, at this point, I don't think, for me personally, I don't think just playing nice football and maybe going down by a couple of goals is good enough. 
I feel like we've lot we've dropped too many easy games this year where we should have won, and that means that we need to make up those wins somewhere else. And these last two weeks are a chance for us to make up these wins. So a performance against Essendon when we can come out with the win, then that hits that eight wins, and I'm willing to give the season a pass. Not a good pass, not a great pass, not a standout year, but a pass. Development's been had, more wins. This team needs to win games of football. It it over over time it hasn't won a lot of games of football, as you could probably tell. <laughs> Has frustrated me sometimes sound. So they need to win games of football. I don't think we're at the point where uh, good performances are going to cut it, uh, especially against Essendon, who aren't a top team. Like if it was against a the first position team like a Melbourne, um, a good performance and going down by a couple of goals, I could probably put my hands up and cop. But Essendon aren't a finals. They're not in the finals yet, so they are a team that can be got at. And hopefully this week we do do the job. Though I will admit that Essendon are a uh, would be going in pretty hot favourites. Um, and so just one more player that I sort of want to definitely call out that I think had a really good game, um, and that's Will Powell. He had a he's probably rivaled Tuke Miller's game, and we'll get to our threes, our twos, and our one votes um, at, towards the end of the podcast, and I'll probably give you a bit more of an idea of who I thought and who we thought played really well, but. I think that his, his season's definitely gone under the radar a little bit as far as he's he's played that defensive position very well, especially in a defense that has been under a lot of pressure at times where we've conceded a lot of inside 50s. And I think the defense has actually held up quite well. I think our defense is like ranked 8th or ninth in the competition, so about middle of the pack. But I would say we concede a lot more inside 50s than those teams above us do. And I think that the defense has held up quite well, and I think a lot of that is also down to Will Powell and his ability to chop in front of the key forward or read the ball or and just take a really cracking mark. Uh, there's a couple of times I can remember on the weekend, especially the one where it wasn't a mark, but he jumped in front of Harry Mackay. The one the com- the contest where Harry Mackay injured himself, Powell was in there, and he probably didn't get noted as much because Mackay went down injured in that point, but. He was the one that sort of put himself in front of Mackay to make sure that he didn't run on and take a very easy mark. And he put himself in a, da- a relatively dangerous position, but sort of protected the ball and made sure that the ball came to ground and we were able to run it out. So, and also topped it off with a, probably a goal of the year contender. I, oh, the part that annoys me about goal of the year sometimes, is it is fan voted. So it means that... Um, that teams with bigger followings than the Suns, and let's be fair, that's 17 other teams, will always probably get have a slight advantage in those sort of competitions. So I think Will Powell's goal is one of the better ones I've seen this year, definitely. But I don't think it's going to get the plaudits it probably deserves, meaning it probably isn't going to get nominated for goal of the week, meaning it's probably out of the running for goal of the year. So while annoying and disappointing that that's the case, you can still appreciate that he's a... He's a, a back pocket or a cent or a halfback flanker that kicked an absolutely miraculous banana goal, and I watched that one on replay a few times, and I'm sure you you guys out there, you listeners out there as well, probably did the same. Before we sort of get on to the threes and the twos and the ones, just one last point would be the the coaching that seems to have sort of taken place over the over definitely this week. There was definitely a plan that went into the game where the Suns were 
going the kick mark style again. And that sometimes that style works and doesn't work. It works when we know when to go and know when to stop and take those slow times. So there are times when Carlton was sort of starting to push on a little bit. So mature, maturely, we did the kick mark, sort of took a bit of sting out of the game. Then we went quick when the ball was on our terms. And sometimes in those games where we've really struggled, we haven't been able to find that rhythm of go quick when we need to, go slow when we need to. It's always been, in those harder games, it's always been a go slow. So I think this week's definitely a tick for the coaching as far as uh, we found a good balance of go fast now, we'll slow down now. So I feel like the balance is there and I think I think the balance has been good enough in our wins this year, but our losses have been absolutely atrocious and sometimes the coaching seems to really fall apart at those times. Um Speaking of sort of coaching, just a quick note. Um, I think when I um, I read the read the rumor of Michael Voss potentially becoming a senior assistant at the club, uh, excited Queensland alumni as far as football players go, one of the best players Queensland's ever sort of seen, and I think that'd be a very good inclusion for Jew as it's giving him a senior assistant sort of bounce ideas off and talk about, and in the uh, off chance. Or not off chance, but in the chance that Jew is um, is subsequently given his marching orders, we have a seat and a senior assistant that can come in and coach who has senior experience. Now, admittedly, that's not good senior experience at Brisbane, but since that time, I feel like Voss has probably learned a lot, especially under Ken Hinckley at um, Port Adelaide. They're uh, they're a very well run club, so I feel like Voss has done a very good apprenticeship there. So if he needs to and he needs to step up and become a senior coach in a short notice, he can definitely do that. So I definitely think that's um, that's a call out there as well for our coaching. All right, let's fire on to our threes, our twos, and our ones really quick. Um, easily enough, <laughs> um, Matt and I had the same threes and twos and ones. So we can quickly fly through them, not a problem. Miller, um, we've already really talked about the absolute heartbeat of the team. A uh, couple of goals, and he's seen kick a few more goals as the season's gone on, which is really good. Uh, one probably hit from a maybe a dubious free kick, but sometimes it's good to get them. Sometimes they go against us and we get frustrated, but we'll take that. So Matt and I both gave Miller three there. We both gave two to Powell. Um, as we as I talked about already, intercept marking was really good. Um, he's held he's held at that time at times this year. He's been very good in defence and sort of held that defence together quite well. So. Definitely two, we both gave two to Powell. We actually both gave one to Anderson, who probably played his best game for the year uh, against Carlton, um, especially with a very slow, so very slow middle period of the year. Like he started the year with a house, like a house on fire. His first five or six rounds are really, really good. And then he did, he has slowed down through the middle part of the year, but he sort of built up. Um, over the past couple of weeks and this week against Carlton was probably his best game for a long time. So we both gave him the one vote. Now, to quickly round it out, we are going to be going to play Essendon this week. Um, We haven't really been... There's not really been a time or a place designated yet. Uh, Rumours on on Twitter and what people are saying suggest that it could be in Geelong. So... Again, the Suns are going to be on the road probably till the end of the year, which is kind of disappointing with the way the season's panned out. But look, I think it's a good time to sort of... It's it's 
it's good to be on the road. And I think these guys have actually done quite well in adverse circumstances. Like the Melbourne games are sort of a bit, is not great because um, it's the way it all went. Um, but I feel like games against GWS and Richmond where we were stuck in uh, Melbourne, uh, we we won those games, we did a really good job. So hopefully we see something similar this week against Essendon. Uh, for the Jacob Townsend Cup or the Peter Wright Cup, however you want to cut it. Um, overall, heading into this game, I'd love us to win. I really would. Um, but I feel like Essendon have more to play for in this game. And funnily enough, Carlton had a lot more to play in the last game than we did as well. But they didn't really get up. But Essendon are coming off a big win against the Bulldogs. One thing I will say is they're probably due a down game, a game that sort of passes them by a little bit. But at this point, they can't really afford it because if they drop one of the next two games that they're playing, it probably means they're missing finals. So they'll be definitely up and about. We'll be up and about. We've got to we've got to finish the season well. I think the club knows that another poor end to the season where we maybe lose the last two by 50 or 60 points is not good enough and that will really cast dispersions on due even after a good win. So I feel like the club needs to put something together and not embarrass itself. As for a winner and a margin, I'd love to see the Suns win, and the Suns are definitely a chance, probably more of a chance this week than they are next week against the Swans, even though we do match up well against the Swans. I would probably say that Essen will probably win, and it will be a smallish margin, maybe three goals. And if, if that's the case, then so be it. But I really think that we should be winning this game. Um, but... We should be winning this game, but I reckon Essendon will get the chocolates. And that brings us to the end of a very express, a very uh, condensed version of Turnover the Tape. Next week, I will remember to actually record our podcast when we record it the first time. So you'll have me and Matt back next week for you to talk about all about the Essendon game and maybe even some trade rumours as we, as we get towards the end of the year and we start sort of seeing the lay of the land as far as people leaving or people coming into the club. So we'll have a bit of chat on that next week. As always, thank you for listening. Um, make sure you do subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, whatever whatever platform you're on, make sure you do show your support. It really means a lot to us at Turnover the Tape, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you, and bye-bye.